Hey, you're listening to The Treehouse Storyteller. Meet me in the treehouse for God-shaped storytelling. Treehouse Storyteller is where we can come together as messy parents seeking Jesus together and raising kids to love him too. If you aren't scared of addressing cultural issues head on and finding a deeper understanding of the biblical worldview to share with your children, then you've come to the right place. I'm not afraid to be transparent and tell all of the juicy details. Our children are being chased by the world and it is our job to be well-equipped and know not only how to lead our flock, but successfully send our arrows out into the world one day to build the kingdom. So snuggle up by the fire or soak up the sunshine with those earbuds in and meet me in the treehouse for some biblical storytelling. Hey guys, what a day I have had. So we woke up to one of our goats who was expecting kids. Uh, She had her babies early morning and we missed the whole thing. But it's really exciting that they are here finally and that we get to enjoy them. And she did such a good job and is just nursing them and cleaning them off and loving on them. So I'm so thankful. I will keep you posted. Go over to my Instagram page, or if you follow me on my Facebook page, Treehouse Storyteller, you can see videos and photos. One little boy, one little girl, they are just adorable. The boy looks just like her, just like the mama, and the boy looks just like his dad. Or I'm sorry, the girl looks just like the dad, the boy looks like the mom. So very, very cute, but they look nothing alike and it's adorable. So (laughs) I just had to share that with you guys this morning. Um, So today we are going to be talking about fear and the difference between a holy fear and fear of the flesh. So fear that our flesh has that is not holy um, and that is a, a worldly fear. So I want to kind of start off with a story, and I'm trying my darnest to make it brief because it's kind of one of those stories where you want to tell every single detail because it's really intense, Um, but I'm going to try so hard to make it a little more simple. (laughs) So almost a year ago, we had a bear encounter And some of you might know this story if you've followed me for a while, or if you guys are close, you know this story. But we had a bear encounter on our turf, and it was kind of one of those days where it was rainy, much like it is right now, and starting to kind of storm and really come down, and it just smelled of bear weather. And if those of you live in the mountains, maybe you feel the same way or you understand what I'm saying, but I... I feel like I have only experienced bears, at least on our property, when the weather is rainy and cloudy and glim and dark. It just feels like bear weather. So that's kind of how this day was or how this evening was becoming. And it was maybe like 4.30 in the afternoon. Now, this time of year, we usually keep our animals out out of the barn until closer to sundown. So I mean, maybe 730 at the latest, we'll go down and put them put them uh, in for the night. So because we have predators, mountain lions, bears, all the things, we always put our animals up at night. Um, 
And so this particular day in May last year, I had that overwhelming sense of trouble, like something's going on right now and I need to figure it out. So I'm in the house. I send the dogs outside because they always figure things out first, right? So I quickly am going, oh my goodness, the dogs are going nuts over something. I have to figure this out. So I'm running back and forth through the house going, where are my my boots? And I need my muck boots because it's rainy and it's wet and it's muddy. And I know if I don't have the proper shoes on, I'm going to slip and fall and I'm not going to be of any help to any problem that's happening outside. So I'm, you know, you have to have like the right equipment. And last solo episode I did, we talked about the armor of God and how crucial it is and how important it is to to know how to use and just be equipped with God's armor and his truth and his strength and his shield and like all the things. And so this is kind of one of those tangible moments where I can't find my shoes, which is really silly. Okay. So I run to, I can tell like the dogs are barking like predator bark. They've got, you know, all the different barks. If you have a dog, you know, start to learn, okay, that's just the mailman bark, or that's a squirrel bark, or that's a, hey, you haven't fed me bark, or let me in to go potty, or let me out, or let me out to go potty, or let me in, I'm done, kind of bark. Well, this was a hair as high up as it can go, predator, we are going to attack something bark. So I knew this was the real deal, and I had to figure out what was going on and make sure everybody was safe. So can't find my shoes. I go to the window, the far window in our room that you can see out to the barn. And guys, I see not the biggest bear I've ever seen, but the scariest situation because the bear has made its way in to our lowest pin. And it is in the pin with I've got two goats and a donkey. And we had just gotten our second donkey at this time. And she was in the other pen because I had to keep them separated for a little period of time. So they were all huddled up. As far as I could tell, all the animals, the our big donkey, Echo, the brown one, he has everybody kind of tucked behind his backside. And he's he's protecting everybody just as we knew he would do. Um, his His dad has taken out multiple coyotes and thrown them over the fence when they've entered into the fence. So we knew like this is the man for the job <laughs> and he was doing his part and he was beautiful at it, but there's still a bear in my pen and I don't know what's going to happen. So of course I reach for the closest and weapon that I was the most confident at handling uh, because if I'm going to go down there and be wrangling with a bear I need to be armed. I can't just go down there by myself. So sure enough, I open the window and I'm like, okay, even if I just like shoot at it and don't hit it, like the sound alone, bears hate noise, like the sound alone might spook it off. Like we might be good and it runs off and I save the day and we're done. Well, there are two things I didn't realize. One, my husband had already pulled into the driveway and he was armed And so he starts sprinting down there. The other thing that we don't realize is that uh, the bear has already done some damage. And one of our goats, poor little Spicy, had already been attacked by the bear. Now, she was still alive, but she was down in the valley and I couldn't see her. And so Echo had already defended 
his little flock and taken a paw scratch from the goat, or I'm sorry, from the bear to the face. So the bear has already clawed at Echo. And he like, man, he stood guard and he defended his animals. Um, So right as I go to like, think I need to raise up a weapon and do something, here comes, you know, (laughs) a man in full sprint with his stuff, my husband, um, my knight in shining armor. And I go, oh my gosh, he's like right there. Good thing I didn't, you know, aim the gun yet because he ran right in my path. And um, I go, Cody, what do you see the bear? And he's like, yes, 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 I got it. I got it. Bring me, bring me this, bring me this. So I finally find my shoes. I run out there. I bring him, you know, weapon of choice. And we are in it. Okay. Like it is downpouring and we are battling this bear trying to get it the heck out of here. And my my neighbor comes down from above us. He sprints down. Hey, guys, what do you need? What do you need? And we're like, we don't know. <laughs> you know, we're just trying to, like, prepare for the situation. And my husband's ready. If he needs to shoot the bear, he can. And by law, we have every right at this point to take the bear out. But we just we didn't know that it had already hurt Spice. And so we didn't want to take this bear out for no good reason other than it climbed our fence. So we don't realize that there's harm done. And my husband shoots kind of at the bear. And sure enough, it climbs over the fence and leaves momentarily. And just long enough for us to realize, oh, my word, where's Spice? And she was down there just really, really suffering. And so we pick her up. We, we just assume she's not going to make it. We pick her up. We take her to the barn. This is where I could go into a lot of details. Um, we did end up losing her. Um, but this bear keeps coming back. Like I, I have scooped up spice. I've taken her into the barn. I've cared for her. I'm like trying to figure out like, okay, she doesn't have any obvious wounds, but she's super stressed out and probably has maybe some internal issues going on. Um, and the bear doubles back right when we think it's gone. It totally doubles back because it wants to get her it it knows it had food and now it wants to come back and get its food so if you guys don't know a lot about bears when they get desperate it's a a much trickier situation and most of the time our bears up here are pretty mild we don't have grizzlies we just have good old black bears and most of them really like your trash uh They like bird feeders. You know, they like getting into your car and sniffing out your gum wrappers and your snacks that you've left in the passenger seat. Speaking slightly from experience, but we've never experienced, we've been up here for six years, we have not ever experienced a bear like this one. He was out to kill and he didn't care what got in his way. He was not going to be stopped. He was determined and he knew what he wanted. Now, why do I tell you the story? Uh, Well, you've got to know this too. We had everything to prepare ourselves to prevent this from happening. 
Uh, the story doesn't reflect that, though, because we hadn't finished the job. So we had bought a giant solar panel um, fence, electric fence, so that if anything tried to climb in our pen, it would get shocked. And it's a strong fence. Just, just trust me, it's strong. <laughs> you don't want to touch it. Uh, Cody found out the hard way multiple times how strong it is. So we had all of the wire for that. We had all of the electrical components. We had all of the hardware necessary. But the weather was so crummy that it was not convenient for even a day or a moment for us to install this perimeter fencing. So it was one of those jobs that wasn't crazy hard, but enough that if we got started on it, we would want to be able to finish it. So the weather was snowy and rainy and, you know, really there was still snow on the ground at this point that we weren't really nervous about the bears yet. And so this one just, you know, really came at us strong and he came out of, you know, winter in hiding and he was really hungry. Um, and we, you know, had halfway prepared. We knew we had the wisdom enough to know this is what we need to do to protect our flock, but we hadn't put it in place yet. And so that's that biggest regret of, man, if we would have just had this fence up, this would never have happened. We would have, we would have been protected. And I feel like I needed to tell you that story because there are so many times it would be so easy for me to live in fear after that kind of situation to go, oh my goodness, at any point in time, there could be this scary bear or a mountain lion or a fox after my chickens or you know whatever it is. Fill in the blank in your own life of what those daily possible fears, whether it's a car wreck or a bad diagnosis or, you know, any of these things that could come at us at any moment of time when we think we're ready and we're not. And then when we maybe just completely aren't ready, we, there's all of these things that could uh, completely happen to throw us off or to hurt us or to devastate our life. And God doesn't want us to be fearful we see over and over and over in scripture, do not be anxious, fear not, repetitively, all of these things. So I want to kind of differentiate between what is a holy fear and what is fear of the flesh. So a holy fear, for instance, I'll just name some things. A good fear of the Lord is a holy fear. We are commanded in scripture to fear God and to love people. Good fear brings us closer to the Father because it is, it is drawing us to him. It's not a terrified of, woe me, I'm just going to live in anxiety feeling, but it is a fear of the Lord that is a healthy fear knowing his power and laying down our own things and giving it to him. Holy fear produces peace because we are actually, like I just said, we are surrendering a piece of us and handing it over to God so we can walk in peace knowing, man, I can't, I can't control these things. I can't, 
you know, really make a gigantic difference without God's strength, without God's power working in my life. So that is a holy fear. And a holy fear uh, puts us in a position where we are relying on God. Now, fear of the flesh is different, okay? It is fear of earthly circumstances. It's examples in scripture of unbelievers or wayward people going down this own path of their own thinking, their own ability, their own issues, and trying to figure it out by themselves. That is fear of the flesh at work. So if we are not fearful of God and not showing love towards his people, then we are, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, hurt people hurt people. So if people, in other words, are in pain and hurting, those are the people that are going to lash out and hurt other people around them. So if we are hurt, our fear odometer is going to be an overdrive. And now we're going to be, because we're fearful, we're going to be anxious and tense about all these other things, and we're going to lash out to other people. Now, an unhealthy fear takes the focus off of the Father and produces self-seeking. It's self-reliant, not God-reliant. And fear of the flesh shuts God out. We're trying to take control of the situation. We are trying to be our own savior when we are fearful. So, for example, uh, we know Pharaoh of Egypt. And I always think of this story of what would have actually, what would have happened if Pharaoh of Egypt would have actually feared God through the series of plagues and fell to his knees in repentance. I mean, we see that his heart has been hardened, but what a crazy story this would have been otherwise. Now, this whole story in its entirety really is a picture going all the way through the plagues and the blood on the doorstep of the spotless lamb. This is 100% a Jesus story that we find in the Old Testament and is 100% a representation of Christ saving us and Christ's blood sparing our lives. But I do think of like, man, like if Pharaoh would have listened to Moses, what would have happened? And it would have been interesting to see how God would have still played this out. He still obviously would have given it all to represent Jesus, but it would have looked so much different. Now, what also would have happened had Moses chosen, because it's a choice, what if Moses chose to not fear the Lord and ignored God's commands and was just like, oh, man, that bush is creepy. Somebody needs to take that thing out. Um, <laughs> you know, like, what if Moses didn't fear God? What would have happened? So there may have been hesitation. I'm sure there, there maybe there was room for doubt that Moses had. But in the end, he won over the Israelites and they turned to God. Um, now, we know the story doesn't end there. And there's a lot of craziness through the wilderness. But his people 
started to fear, his people started to doubt all the things in the wilderness. But what's really cool is seeing that Moses chose to fear the Lord. And that is showing you, I mean, you can look through that whole story and see them go back and forth of healthy fear and what is a holy fear of the Lord and their obedience to the Lord. And then when they start to doubt, the doubt is in what? It's the fear of the flesh. So when they start to make the wrong choice and go the wrong direction and try and do things on their own and refuse God's help or say, no, 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 we were so much better off in Egypt and we were slaves. Like that is, that is them being fearful in a worldly sense and fearing, not trusting God and fearing their own circumstances and their own abilities and starting to forget that they are living under the power of God. So let's read through a few scriptures because there is plenty of them. (laughs) I probably won't get through all of the ones that I would love to share and I can put them in the show notes. But Ephesians 6.12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. You guys, we went through this with the armor of God. So it just translates straight from there into what we are dealing with on earth right now is no longer, it's not flesh and blood issues. Much like the bear situation, that was a flesh and blood. That was a, there is a bear wanting to eat my goat. That is a flesh and blood situation, but a beautiful analogy to what we see that we are against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age. Guys, there is, I read this week and I, it's one of those things you just want to shut your eyes and shut your ears. You get to a point where you don't want to hear all of these things all of the time, but so much is being exposed right now. And we as mama bears (laughs) need to realize what is coming after our kids. And there are, kid you not, there are satanic worshiping groups for toddlers and small children happening right now in our country as if they're these perfect little story time moments. We see the enemy, the darkness, the rulers of the darkness coming after our kids. And guys, we might have, and I I have this kind of mothering parenting moment where I have that sense of like, you know, yeah, this is probably not best for them, but whatever excuse or justification I make, I continue going forward with whatever it is. You know, maybe that's with, you know, kids having phones. We talk about that a lot. Or, you know, maybe this really isn't the best thing for them. But, you know, you just you just keep moving forward. It is what it is. Or, well, they've already seen this movie once. I know it's not the best, but here we are. Or, yeah, that friend's not the best, you know, example on them. But, you know, they're, they've really kind of gotten close and I don't want to split them up. I don't want to devastate either of them or hurt their feelings. And we see... These things, maybe it's a teacher, maybe it's a school, maybe it's an extracurricular activity that we see a red flag. Just like my husband and I had the red flag of knowing 100% one of these moments 
one day in the future, a bear or a predator is going to try and get these animals because that is what happens up here. So let's buy all the supplies and prepare and do the job and get it done. And uh, But what happened is that while we had all the things, the enemy, being the bear, attacked before we were ready for it. We weren't ready for it yet. We still had our walls down. Our guard wasn't fully up yet. We thought we had time. We thought we had room. We thought we had, um, you know, days and days and weeks left. The weather wasn't right. You know, it was still too cold. The bears aren't out. It was fine. We thought we were good to go. We'll get to it. We'll get to it later. Do we do this when we're parenting? I think we do. I think we um, often see something that is harmful that we know, we know, we know, we know, we need to stop. We need to sever. We need to cut off from our family's life, cut off from our kid's life. And we just keep justifying it or we keep sweeping it under, under the rug or saying, you know what, it's fine. It's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with that tomorrow. I'm, I can't deal with that right now. Or it's, it's too convenient. I feel like for us, we probably could have put that fence up. We would have been freezing and soaking wet had we done it days, days before. But that's convenience. We could have worked in the terrible weather and gotten the job done. And that was our choice. And I, I'm not sitting here blaming that. I don't blame us for that. But we just thought we had time. And I think we think we have time with our kids and we think we can protect them against certain things. So you say, okay, Hannah, you're talking about telling me not to fear, but now you're telling me to fear. So how's this work? <laughs> All right. So I, it's like a, a twofold situation. Let me try and break it down. We need to fear and have a holy anger over the over the enemies, uh, darknesses of this age that are coming after our kids. But the difference is how we choose to handle and manage that fear. Are we giving it to God? Because that's choice number one. Or are we trying to handle it all on our own as choice number two? So what I want to encourage you with is to have eyes open, to see the fears of this world. But as soon as you see the fear of the world, you immediately give it over to God and pray through how to handle that situation. So when we have a red flag, we take it to the Lord and say, God, I see this coming. God, I see that this isn't the best thing. I see this might not be the best choice. Help me protect my kid. Help me guide them in a way that raises them up in a protected place. Help me guard their heart. Help me guard what they see, what they hear. I'm not talking about a bubble, but I am talking about protecting our hearts and guarding our hearts as we are instructed to do in scripture. And that's not just for children, that is for us adults too. So as we're thinking about building, you know, this protection around our family unit. 
I have kind of a fun activity. So we, with Armor of God, I know people had a lot of fun with this one with their kids. So I would love to kind of create this again and blend art and biblical understanding into one setting because I just think that's so much fun and it gives you an opportunity to share these things with your kids. So what does your gate look like? So if you have a gate on your house or your driveway or maybe a gate around your garden or a gate around your dog fence or your animals or your barn, what does your gate look like? Now, early on, you can go back to one of my first solo episodes. We talked about bridges and what does your bridge look like and how we cross through, cross over some sort of conflict or season of life that's really, really hard. So there's you know one opportunity to do that with your kids. Then flash forward, we go to the armor of God and we had an, a chance. I got so many awesome photos from parents of, hey, look at what my kid drew. Look what I drew of your armor of God. I loved getting those. Thank you so much. Please keep sending that stuff. I love it. Uh, it strengthens my faith. And what does your gate look like? So maybe it's the grand entrance into your homestead. Maybe you have this beautiful piece of property. Maybe it's a quaint sidewalk that draws neighbors in. Perhaps it has levels and archways. Do you have a mile-long driveway that you're needing to protect? Does your fortress sit perched on top of a hill and the gates below? Maybe you have a moat. Is there a guard dog? Is it a slated gate? Do you, can you see through it? Or is it a solid stone wall? What is in your four corners? What's in the north, south, east, west that you're needing to protect? And then lastly, I want you to think of where would the enemy most likely to try to find its way inside? Now, we have a definite corner near the barn that if I was the bear, I'd go straight to that corner. So we created an unwelcome mat. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically a board with a bunch of nails sticking out the other side. And you put it upside down so that the nails are actually pointed up. So if something comes close to that point of entry, they're going to get poked <laughs> by the nails. It's so hence the unwelcome mat. And I think we need some idea of an unwelcome mat with certain situations. Now, I am not meaning to be of hate or of abrasion, but we need a fence and a gate and to protect ourselves with the Lord's word, with the armor of God, so that all of these fears that are wanting to come at us, we can stand up against them because we have the Lord of Lords. We have, oh my goodness, how many angels can you even imagine around you? We can create a spiritual gate. So the gatekeeper in scripture um, is found in John 10, 3 through 17. And I, I won't read this entire chapter, but go back and read verse uh, 1 through 17 of John 10. 
And it starts out with truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Guys, I don't climb over my pasture fence to get to my animals. I walk through the gate. I unlock the gate and walk in because I'm one of the shepherds. I'm not a thief and a robber, but the predators climb over or jump over the fence. That's what they do or dig under. So this is so important to me because I feel like all of the really severe issues that are coming after our kids, whether it's gender ideology, whether it's um, suicidal thoughts, whether it's, um, you know, teaching our kids that the country we live in is bogus and that they would rather live in a socialist country because that's being taught in a lot of schools. All of these ideas, um, all of these things that are coming after our kids, they are coming in a way other than knocking on the door. They are, they are thieves and robbers. And they're, they're breaking in in ways that is not just by a proper means. So I want to help our kids by understanding this concept of being the gatekeeper and really teaching them where down in, you know, verse 14, well, 13, he flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So these, these are the ones that are the, not the shepherd, not the good shepherd. But then 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep and I have other sheep that are not of this fold, I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. So in this passage of John, what Jesus is teaching, he proves his love for his flock and simultaneously speaks of his relationship with the flock and with the father. The gatekeeper knows both so intimately, guys, as he's willing to lay his life down to protect the sheep from anyone who's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. He also refers to himself as the door or the way. We know this is Jesus's, one of Jesus's uh, titles or one of his names is the way. So Jesus is the doorkeeper or the gatekeeper. So I just, I love this picture. And I also, I think about how my husband and I were both crazy enough to just go, we've got to go protect these animals and run after a bear. Like we didn't think about it. <laughs> we didn't think twice, uh, including our neighbor. I mean, we just all were full force. Let's run after this thing and get it to go away and protect the flock. And that is the heart of Christ. So according to the Old Testament, 
a gatekeeper was a Levite. Gatekeepers were also watchmen on the walls. They were ministering priests from the tribe of Levi. Um, So gatekeepers made sure that nothing unholy entered into God's house and nothing was allowed to leave unless it had approval. So the gatekeeper is the term for anyone who blocks the way between you and the key decision maker within a target organization. So that's another definition there, like a worldly definition. So therefore, gatekeepers act as a shield, protecting them from any unwanted distractions or potential time wasters who might otherwise take them away from their main job. So guys, we as parents need to be like Christ and be a gatekeeper for our families. And by doing so, I am not wanting to push fear into you, but by being a gatekeeper instead, I'm wanting to produce the instinct and the need to protect your children and the need to realize there are things on the outside that are trying to make their way in and that we have to utilize our strength in Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit to build a spiritual wall around our families so that we are blocking anything unholy from entering into God's house, entering into our house that we've devoted to him. Because I see it the same way. If we are now the temple, if we are the living temple, each and one of our hearts is holding Jesus, then we have to be gatekeepers. That means we are protecting our own hearts, if we're the temple and we're asking not for our, from our own power, but we are asking from God's power to protect us and his provision. So here's another verse. Second Timothy 1, 7, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. If we truly are loving our families and want the best for them, then we are going to be pulling on the power of God and the spirit of power and the spirit of love and of self-control to walk that out with God's power and God's love and not be fearful, but know that he is going to help us do this. Here's another one. Psalms twenty-two twenty-five. You are the reason for my praise. It comes from you and goes to you. I will keep my promise to praise you before all who fear you among the congregation of your people. We're called to praise and not fear. Proverbs 1.33, but the one who always listens to me will live undisturbed in a heavenly place, or I'm sorry, in a heavenly peace, free from fear, confident and courageous. You'll rest unafraid and sheltered from the storms of life. This is the heart behind this message today. We are always listening. We're called to listen to him, to live undisturbed in heavenly peace, free from fear. And it, I really see as a, 
an opposite where he says, free from fear, the opposite is confident and courageous, unafraid and sheltered from the storms of life. So I want to see what you guys have designed as your gate. I would love to see that exercise played out. I encourage you to bring up some of these verses, maybe bring up some of these stories, let your kids listen to the podcast if it's appropriate. I don't want to scare them with the bear story. But talk through what things seem scary and how can we rely on God to keep us safe from harm. Guys, we have talked about a lot of hard issues this season one. And I want to leave you with the thoughts of being unfearful of these things, but really having a healthy, amazing fear of the Lord that he is going to walk these through with us. And he is going to keep us out of the darkness if we are abiding in him and pushing into his truth and his, his light then that does not mean this world won't harm us, but he can be our protector and he will keep us safe and we'll be unafraid of what the world can or can't do to us because we have him ultimately. Thank you again so much. Draw your gates with your kids. Make them awesome. Make them fierce and let the enemy know he's got no room. Wait, before you go, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and follow us on Facebook or Instagram at The Treehouse Storyteller so we can stay connected. Head on over to thetreehousestoryteller.com for more products, artwork, photography, and encouragement. See you next time.